Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we try to figure out what Crackle is. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the return of E3, but not really. And then on Thursday, we are going to be celebrating our 433rd episode with an entire episode of 433s suggested by you. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, my husband and I, we have been watching a lot of The Amazing Race on hulu yes. like we've been watching like mm-hmm. old seasons and we just got to a season where you know normally it is um teams of people with existing relationships but for whatever reason this season they're like no we're doing half what? of people that are existing relationships and then half of people that like not only are they meeting for the first time but w- but the framing device for this is that like they're uh it's like a f- blind date so the idea is like phil is con who's the host it's constantly like, are you guys, uh, like, do you think there are sparks here? And it's so immensely stupid, but it's so enjoyable yeah. because it's like we've watched, you know, like, I don't know, 15 other seasons of like the normal formula. And so yeah, it's like, you're jaded now. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's like, okay, like, this is stupid, but in an d- immensely enjoyable way, at least, <laughs> one, at least one episode in, where you're like, wow, like, this is a failed experiment and they obviously will never do it again but it's enjoyable to watch the failure happen. Wow, a, a blind date amazing race. They I assume know that they're going to like be on the amazing race, like right? They're yes. not like Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that that part that, is not a surprise to them. Right. Right, right. Man, I being on any reality TV show of any kind uh like already uh, a nightmare, right? <laughs> but if you were to be on an amazing race but like entering as a solo entrant I, I don't know, man. That's you have to trust one person that you don't know a lot. And not just that, but then you're also like, okay, um, who are the producers of this reality show going to pick as my partner? Someone who they think I will genuinely be compatible with, or somebody Absolutely who's gonna not. make good right. TV. <laughs> right. <sighs> well, uh speaking of making good TV, um I mentioned before that on Thursday we are doing a whole episode of uh 433s. Um that means that we talk about something not at all Nintendo related for four minutes and 33 seconds. Um, we have a bunch of suggestions from you. Thank you so much to everyone who has already written in with suggestions. Uh, thank you to Brian and Matt and Connor and Alana, uh, who have, are just the people who have suggested since uh, the last time we asked uh, on Thursday. But you still have the rest of today to email us your suggestions for 433 topics. Um, so by the end of Tuesday, the end of the day on Tuesday, you can email those to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And we probably have, I mean, we definitely have too many suggestions already. Um, but I think it's going to be a fun, uh, like, wash, a fun, uh, like, as we go to pick them out, it's going to be overwhelming. And we're going to get some great topics. Uh, and it's going to be a very good time. Mark, are you excited for this? One? I am excited. Uh, Patrick compiled all of uh, everything into a document 
over the weekend. And so I was reading through it today and I'm really excited for this episode. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And also let that not uh, confuse you into thinking that we're preparing for this at all, right? Like we're not, we're not preparing anything on these topics. We're just sort of getting the lay of the land and uh, seeing what it all looks like all like five pages of, (laughs) of topic ideas. It's great. I'm very excited. Uh, Another thing you can email us for is that you can get on the list to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces uh, for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us at nintendocartridgesociety at gmail.com. It's a perfect program, so perfect, in fact, that you may end up accidentally borrowing my copy of Untitled Goose Game, uh, and then you play that for as long as you want, and then you send it back. It really, it's, it's the perfect program. Um, and then one last thing I just wanted to, to plug here. Um, Mark, as, as you know, and maybe as our listeners know, um, I, uh, a, a while ago, a while back, hosted a, a podcast about the band Weezer um, with a previous guest on the show, Jen Kleinrock. Um, and uh, the podcast has been uh, defunct for many years now. Uh, but Weezer just put out a new album, so we recorded a new episode awesome. of the Weezer podcast. My name is Weezer about the album OK Human. If you are trying to wrap your head around uh, that nonsense, you can check out our episode of My Name is Weezer. It is available on all podcast things um, right now. Has it really been defunct for years? Did you guys record like a special episode not that long ago for like the, their cover the album? Last, uh, the last time we recorded was 2019. And oh, wow. we, we had done we had done like three or four episodes in 2019, right around the time that that Jen left L.A. She lives in Atlanta now. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was like around the cover album and uh, the black album and just like a, a handful of other things. But yeah, we've the podcast has been dark for about two years. Wow. Um, and it had been dark for a while before that. I'm so curious to know what you think uh, about OK Human, but I will check out the podcast, I guess. Then we'll talk there about it afterwards. <laughs> Um, all right, Mark, let's, uh, let's get into what we've been playing. So I continue to play Tokyo Mirage Sessions, uh, Sessions, Sharp, F-E, and uh, I unfortunately don't really have anything new to say about it. Um, I'm just kind of like 10 or 15 hours into this JRPG that I am really enjoying. Um, I don't know if the game is going to like change much. I feel like I'm early in a game for like a JRPG. So I kind of keep waiting for the other shoe to drop and for like a brand new system to open up or something to change dramatically. And I don't know that's the case, which I'm totally fine with. I just kind of keep like anticipating it happening. That is always a wild thing when you're playing and it happens in JRPGs all the time when you're playing it for like 20 hours and then you're like, Oh, there's a, they're introducing a new system. Yeah, to it's now. like, oh, this is <laughs> like kind of the 20 hours I was playing turned out to be the prologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm getting to the real game. Um, well, Mark, I feel like I'm going to echo a lot of the same set sentiments that you just did of I don't really know that I have a, a whole lot to say. I, I'm a little bit stuck in a uh, video game rut at the moment. Um, I continue to play Ring Fit Adventure, Hades, and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, and I, I feel like I've gone back into all ring fit has been a a constant constant um but i feel like i'm i'm like back in on animal crossing uh and on hades uh you know it'd been a couple weeks of of not really uh doing hades and then just over the weekend i don't know like i I got into my head i was like oh you know what i should i should i should get back to hades it's always it's always fun um and that remains true it is still always fun 
Um, I, I finished a run in less than 20 minutes the other day. Felt really good about that. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, every time I play, I'm like, wow, this is a cool new build. I wish I could always play like this. And then you start over and then you start another build and you're like, wow, this one's great too. Um, so that's, uh, I mean, remains a wonderful game. Um, I'm enjoying all of the new uh, content in Animal Crossing around the festival, which is their carnival, their Mardi Gras, basically. Um, and uh, so, like, the, the event itself hasn't happened, won't happen until, I think, the 15th. Um, but, uh, you know, just getting a lot of uh, blue and purple, like, you know, confetti uh, outfits and, um, you know, just like, cool, dumb stuff like that. There's a new set of reactions that are all uh, festival related. So there's one called uh, Viva, which, like, you kind of pose and there's like <laughs> a, a, a sunbeam that appears above your head. Um, but my favorite is one called feeling it. Um, and when you do, when you do feeling it, uh, you kind of like tap your feet rhythmically and like pump your hands. And like every now and then the, uh, their face changes from like, uh, kind of like squinting and concentrating to like open mouth and like, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Uh, and it's amazing. And sometimes you can get your, uh, your animal neighbors to do it with you. Um, it's just lovely. I'm very much looking forward to, uh, the, the festival itself. You know, it's interesting because I, I feel like as much as I'm enjoying Tokyo Mirage sessions, sessions, wow, that's going to be rough. It's tough. Here's the thing. <laughs> you, I mean, let's. I I know you messed it up twice, but like Tokyo, fine, easy consonant clusters, not difficult. Mirage, Mirage is tough, right? That j is is something, and then sessions, s s, so j s s, and then sharp, <laughs> so it goes j s s. It's very difficult. I'm gonna have to start doing performing this show with like a uh, wine cork in my mouth for the <laughs> enunciation of everything. Um, so yeah. as much as I am enjoying Tokyo Mirage sessions, sharp fe, and I yeah. am, but like I f I feel I feel what you're saying about like being in like a little bit of a video game rut. And what's yeah. interesting is that like I. I feel like I don't really at this moment have anything video game related to look forward to like later in the year, like down the line. Yeah. And I guess we were kind of in the same boat with um, Nintendo last year. Like we didn't really get like a look at what was coming this year or last year. But for whatever reason, I feel like uh, it, I feel it harder this year. Yeah. Well, and. I mean, you know, l last year at this time, we still had Animal Crossing on the mm -hmm. horizon. We had, we were not in lockdown at this time <laughs> last year. So, you know, it's just the, uh, the, the last 10 months have uh, taken the psychological toll on all of us. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, I get what you mean. I'm, I'm excited. You know, we will talk about it when we get to what's coming out next week. I'm very excited about um, Super Mario 3D World. Uh, but that is a game that I have played. I've 100%ed twice um and uh you know will again i'm very you know i'm I'm very excited to play it again but it's not gonna be a new experience for me and then like i'm not gonna play uh, uh i'm not gonna play monster hunter i'm not gonna play uh bravely default 2 um i guess i'll play pokemon snap um, maybe maybe i'll play pokemon snap right now i'm i'm very much feeling like oh yeah i don't I don't, there isn't a video game thing out there that I'm like super hyped about. And yeah, part of that, that is, like, I feel like I just don't know what's, what's coming. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I, it, it, I guess it makes me appreciate like how much 
like the anticipation is something that I like is is part of like the fun yep. of video games for me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 part of what makes talking about them uh, possible. First of all, <laughs> um, so I and you know a lot of my enjoyment of Nintendo stuff comes from uh, doing this show with you and talking about it and sort of theorizing about it and understanding it. Um, and you know, we we do a lot of uh, you, you know we don't. I was about to say we don't do a lot of speculation, but we do a ton of speculation. <laughs> uh, but you know, m- mostly like you know, we we look forward and we look back. Um, but like the forward part is is all question marks at this point. Yeah, yeah, it just feels kind of like a weird time. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. Uh, let Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So on. Tomorrow, Wednesday, February 10th, uh, The Outer Worlds, the Obsidian uh, RPG that was released for Switch over the summer, um, the DLC Peril on Gorgon, which was released on other platforms last year, is being released for Switch. Um, it's 15 bucks or $14.99, or you can get like an expansion pass that includes this and presumably something in the future for $24.99. Um, <laughs> Also, uh, on the Switch eShop is available the Outer Worlds board-approved bundle, which includes the main game and presumably all this DLC for 80 bucks. Uh, I'm excited for this. I liked the Outer Worlds on Switch. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, for 15 bucks, I'm excited to have like a, a few more hours to put into it. It's been so long since I've played it. I think you know I played it when it first came out, so yeah. it was like towards the end of the summer, I, if I'm rem- remembering right. and. I wonder what it'll be like jumping back in. Like when I did that with the Breath of the Wild for the Champions Ballad, it took me a while to like, like even just get used to holding, you know, like the controls yeah. again. Yeah. Well, I mean, ugh, Breath of the Wild with that jump button as the, the top <laughs> button. No other game is like that. Come on, Breath of the Wild. And then on February 11th, uh, Thursday, Little Nightmares 2 is released. And then on Friday, of course, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury is released, as well as the Nintendo Switch Mario Red and Blue Edition and the Cat Mario and Cat Peach Amiibo. Um, which, as we were alluding to before, is you know a, a game that we are both very interested in and excited about. Um, I've been getting myself uh, like pumped up by listening to the uh, Super Mario 3D World end credits music. Um, which is just the title is just credits roll. Um, and it is this awesome big band arrangement of like all the game's major themes. Um, and like, God, the music in the game is so good. And I'm just, I'm so ready to immerse myself in it. Uh, and then there's this whole new Bowser's Fury thing in there. Um, and I can't really, I can't really wrap my head around how I'm going to approach it. Have you given any thought to, um, which of these two experiences you're going to tackle first? Man, I think I'm going to do 3D World just because I'm not as familiar with it. But my struggle with figuring out how I'm going to play 3D World is like, I want to play online with you. I want to play online with friend of the show, June. Theoretically, like all of us can play together. I bet we can. I'm really nervous about the quality of the online because, you know, I think like I will play it by myself. And that, sorry, that's the other part that I'm not sure of. Where it's like, I guess maybe I have like one save file where like I'm just playing through it, another save file that I potentially use for online, or maybe I'm using somebody else's save file for online. Like, I just don't really, I don't really know. I don't know the best way to approach that part of it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know Sarah and I will end up playing um, probably all the way through it to get, like, there will be a dedicated file to just, like, the two of us running around. Um, and then we'll probably have, like, a second one going that, like, you're dropping in on or, you know, wh whoever. Because, um, I mean, the, the game is good enough to play twice back to back. Like, it, it, it really is. Um, especially if you're less, like, obsessed with getting everything the second time or the first time, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, but I'm... I'm really like Sarah and I had a conversation about this that she was like, okay, so which one of who of us is going to play Bowser's Fury first? Like who, who gets it first? Um, and like, we don't know. It's we're, we're coming up on it. It comes out on Friday. We do, we do not have a solution. Well, technically you guys can play it in co-op, right? Although I know like, yeah, I but, know being Bowser Jr. is not going to be the same experience. Yeah. Neither of us want that. We want to play as that kitty Mario. Come on. He's a cat. Are you getting the Cat Mario or Cat Peach Amiibo? You know, I don't have... I, I have not yet made a plan to get them. Um, but seeing them on our list of new releases just now made me think, maybe I should. <laughs> uh, because they are, they're good-looking Amiibos. They're good-looking Amiibos, Mark. They're really cute. And I've got, I've got a Bowser Amiibo, and I've got a Bowser Jr. Amiibo. So, like, those are the other ones that are compatible with, with the game. I feel like I may need to complete the set. I don't know. I don't know. Should I do it? Should I get them? Well, it, it, it may be out of your hands. I don't even know if they're going to be available. Oh, that's a great point. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, Amiibo scarcity um, has kind of gone down a little bit. Mm. Um, like, I, I don't know if the collector market is as rabid for them um, anymore, especially when, you know, Nintendo just sort of like reissuing Amiibo at random. Um, you know, they, they are, we talked about it last week, but they are reissuing the Bowser uh, and Bowser Jr. Amiibos um, from Super Smash Brothers uh, to coincide with the release of this game. And they just sort of do that periodically where it's like, uh, you know, you can find a Marth again. He's, he's out there. Um, and, you know, in like the year uh, of like the, the, I guess maybe the first like two or three years of Amiibo releases, they were very pointedly not doing that. Um, and now they just are. And I feel like it's, Maybe also a function of like people don't go into stores anymore and just like clear them off the shelves. Um, I I don't really know what to attribute it to, but I think they're easier to get now than they used to be. Ooh, actually, you mentioning Marth. This is something that did not end up in the show notes, but I remember reading it over the past week and it tickled me. Is that so? Fire Emblem Heroes, the mobile game, they have like uh, uh, polls, like user polls, to be like, who's the next character that we should add to the game? And um, in the most recent poll. The two, like, Marth was an option, but so was uh, the guard from the, uh, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the, the monastery's name in Fire Emblem Garrick Three Houses. Garrick Mock Monastery. Yeah, the Garrick yeah. Mock Monastery. Just, like, one of the nameless guards who's at, like, the front door that you can talk to. Yeah. And um, Marth ended up losing to Nameless Guard at the front of wow. uh, Garrick Mock Monastery. Because uh, I didn't know this, but apparently he's like a meme because he's just like so polite and nice, like everybody likes him. Uh, that's great. And I, I like that. Uh, I mean, it, it makes sense because there is no Marth in Fire Emblem Three Houses, right? Like uh, it, 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 it makes me it makes me sort of glad that there are people who like are Fire Emblem fans because of Fire Emblem and not because of Smash. You know what I mean? <laughs> That feels good. Um, all right. So those are the new releases. Let's close this out. Now it is time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, 
wherein a performer or a group of performers did not play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, we are talking about elementary school assemblies that we experienced. Um, and I think we can also broaden this to, like, junior high, middle school. Um, I, I feel like the only thing that's, like, actually out, uh, out of bounds here would be, like, a high school pep rally. Um, which, first of all, I just want to call those out as bad. Those are bad. I don't like them. I hated being, like, I would, at that point, rather be in class than, like, going to the auditorium and, like, cheering on the, the football. Like, what is, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. I always like not having class. Like, that, 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 was, that part was fine. I'd, I'd rather stay in the classroom, frankly. <laughs> I... Um, but what was was there some was there an assembly in particular that sparked this question for you? No, well, I I I just remember like people coming to our elementary school, and I don't even I don't have specific memories of like the shows that they would put on. They would put on shows, or they'd be like BMX bikers, and you know, or right. magicians, or something like that. I remember as a kid thinking like, one, wow, that's like amazing and so cool, and two, like, th- what a fun like job. But then as an adult looking back on it, I'm so curious about the logistics of being somebody who like performs elementary school assemblies. So I, I have a, a friend that did that with um, a, a, a company in the, the Midwest, like based out of Minneapolis, um, that uh, they had like a, a show about uh, like, you know, like power line safety, you know, it was like electrical yeah. safety. Um and so she and the uh, like other person who was in the show is just like the two of them would like tour around in a van sent to different like schools and like museums and stuff yeah. and like put on the show and like they had costumes and sets and all like they just had to execute it all on their own. Um, and then like it's so funny because they're they're talking to children about like safety and then like. Then they're just in some tiny town in the <laughs> middle of Minnesota with nothing to do for two days. So like they get drunk and like do drugs and stuff and like that's like, like it's just yeah you're, you're they're just actors, man. I know that's what, so like um in your friend's experience like were they tr- I assume they weren't like traveling the country but were they like uh like when they were staying for two days were they just like living out of the van. No, they they got him a hotel room. Like oh. they, they they were they were put up uh, in whatever places. This recording of four thirty three is uh, annoying. I'm sorry if you're hearing <laughs> sounds coming through there. Um, yeah, no, they so they they would be put up in a hotel. Um, but you know, then it was like on them to drive to the next city. Yeah, you know, the next day or whatever. How big was their territory? Like, did they pretty have pretty like, big? Yeah, like a couple states. Uh, I mean, like Midwest states too, not not East Coast states, but also not West Coast states. So you know, it's kind of in the middle. Um, yeah, I I was trying to think about experiences that I had or assemblies that I saw as a kid. And I know that there were, you know, like someone like you know doing like tricks with devil sticks or you know right. something dumb like that. But the the one that I remember most was our music teacher in elementary school. Um, maybe she was only there for like a year or maybe even only a couple weeks or something. But, uh, at the end of the time that, uh, she was teaching, she like gave a concert that we all went to (laughs) in, (laughs) you know, in, in the auditorium, not, you know, it's not even an auditorium, it's a gymnasium and we're all sitting on the floor. Um, and she, uh, 
someone played and she sang part of that part of your world from the little mermaid uh and i remember everyone being like wow she's the best she's so good but like she's just, just like some music teachers <laughs> singing songs from little mermaid but isn't that the dream though like because you have such like a captive like audience who thinks you're so cool like i totally get the appeal of uh, performing for a bunch of elementary school kids it's like the dream of everybody who uh at a party will pull out their acoustic guitar and make you listen to them play like that is like what they grow up to be that music teacher who forces an entire elementary school to listen to them sing part of your world yeah um not to get too inside improv but didn't uh your herald herald team go to like uh, perform for like a college improv uh yeah we did (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah we did that is definitely true that's definitely a thing that happened and that's uh like exactly how i felt i'm sure i felt like that uh band teacher you felt like a god yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you guys did one callback and the room exploded i'm sure uh there's there's no applause at the end of this uh recording of 433 so that's the end of it um we were accompanied today by the lord of the lost ensemble first time that we are featuring that recording and probably the last because there's no applause to indicate when it's over all right mark let's get into the news so last year when the entertainment software association announced the cancellation of e3 for 2020 they promised that the event would be back in 2021 and uh while the esa was originally planning for e3 2021 to be an in-person event like it usually is at the Los Angeles Convention Center, as of uh, and and also right this moment as we're recording this, they have not officially canceled the in-person convention, but uh, apparently they're now working to turn it into a t- digital event instead because it isn't looking likely that like a in-person convention of this type is going to be able to happen, especially in LA this summer. Yeah, I mean we are a. a- a, a world epicenter of the disease at the moment. Uh, our numbers are better, but still, you know, worse than any point during the summer. So, um, yeah, it it seems like pr- probably a good call. I'm kind of, uh, I, I, I understand why they weren't able to pivot to like a digital event um, at the time, especially because uh, in, in the absence of an E3, people were just like, forget it, we're just doing our own yeah. thing. And like every publisher started doing, you know, like Ubisoft had their own, uh, like run of thing, like everyone was just like we have our own, we have our own pipeline, um, and several other um outlets uh started to offer their own alternatives to what E three was. It seems weird to me that uh they're like announcing now that they're starting to work on like a digital like guys have been working on this for a, a long time. Please, well, I, my guess is that's actually probably what happened. Right, is that they have been like working on it for a while, and maybe they've started like reaching out to different people and that's how it leaked or that's how like uh vgc or these sure. other sites like got a hold of it um but but i think you bring up like a really great point well first let me run down like what vgc yeah. says yeah, that call. the digital event is going to include um it will probably sound really familiar it's three days of live stream coverage held between june 15th and june 17th um, multiple two-hour keynote sessions from game partners an award show a June 14th preview night, and other small streams from game publishers, influencers, and media partners. Media previews would be released the week before. Um, It would supposedly include demos on consumer platforms, but like, who knows if that would include Switch, because we saw something similar this summer from some of the other 
digital events and right. they were mostly just xbox and playstation focused um and then the di- typical show day allegedly would see its live broadcast schedule from 10 a.m to 10 p.m eastern time but i think you bring up a really good point patrick like all of those things it's like uh why do you need the esa why would you need e3 to do any of this right like if you're a if you're a big yeah. publisher like if you're a nintendo if you're a microsoft if you're a sony if you're a bethesda i guess that could soon be part of microsoft but if you're any of those big publishers like why you have a big enough audience that like you don't need e3 you don't need the esa for any of this if you want to do a digital thing you can just do it yeah i mean i i guess there, there's no way to like you know play back the tape and like you know roll back uh this year's um summer uh, uh announcements but like you know it, it it turned it turned what was like a weekend and sort of like the week leading up to it, or I guess it's really just a week, right? Um, uh, of of game announcements into months and months of, uh, and you know there there was a point where like you and I were talking about it, and like if, I mean, are we still in this or is it just news? Like, totally. Um, so like I I do think that there is something to the sort of like unite the clans uh, uh aspect of it of like we're all getting all of our announcements out and like you know there are some smaller titles and even like pretty big announcements that get sort of swallowed up by everything else but on the whole um it's a it's a high tide raises all all boats right like all eyes are on the gaming industry um during the week of E3 and so like it, it's it's hard to say like which is more beneficial to individual uh publishers and developers um but like i like i don't even know if the ESA having like seeded that ground last year and having um that not even data leak the year before but like the issue of just having people's contact information just up on a easily accessible website um of 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 attendees right um i like i i don't know if they hold that sway over the video game industry anymore right like we're we're going to mention Jeff Keighley in a second here but like he used to work on them or work with them on their uh like sort of li- live show stuff um and like I am 8 bit was working with them last year to like kind of get the stage show down um and get like the experience into a place that like people wanted it to be um but like they bailed and that was before it was clear that coronavirus was was going to cancel um and ditto Jeff Keighley so it's kind of like I I don't know that they had the clout uh, I I just don't know that they have the clout to if if unite the clans is what is necessary for E three to work. I don't think the ESA has that ability anymore. Yeah, and you know when E three was like a physical thing, um, big publishers were already like not attending or not having yeah, big great um, presentations, and or they would or they and they wouldn't be official participants of E three. So what would you would uh, go to E three at the LA Convention Center? And right next door would be Microsoft stuff, but that was all yep. happening at uh, LA Live, and w- like was not technically part of E3, even though you had to have E3 credentials to like get like you know like all that kind of stuff. Same yeah. with like uh, EA Play, or I can't remember exactly what they c- called it, but that was like another big EA had their big event, but it it was like the weekend before E3, and it wasn't yeah, officially right. part of E3, but they were taking advantage of the fact that all of the um, journalists and everybody would be in town for E3. But I, I think... And, and Sony Sony just wasn't even there in, in yeah. 2019. Right. Um, 
And, you know, like, well, Nintendo, you know, did have a, a presence and, like, would probably continue to. It's not like they do a, a press conference from there either. Like, they just do their uh, straight-to-video directs. Yeah, so we, we had seen, like, the prominence of E3 become less and less, like, uh, magnificent, you know, for yeah. the past few years. Um, but... At the same token, like the ESA theoretically is the lobbying organization for the video game industry. And so presumably like Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, like all of those big companies have uninterest in the success of the ESA. And I do wonder if that's like what has kept Nintendo like part of it of and all that kind of stuff, because it's just like, yeah, like we need the organization or we need an organization. And this is the one that we have yeah. now to like lobby on behalf of our interests. And so I think you're right that like their interest in like participating in the digital show is more would be more to um, protect like video games than it would be for their personal benefit because and I feel like the maybe like smaller developers do they would they see more benefit out of it I'm not even sure if that's true like I'm not even sure yeah, if like, people I, I care don't, at that I don't point know either yeah I mean it's it's so strange because like it it obviously. The relationship with the ESA is obviously beneficial, uh, if, if for no other reason than they can manage what's happening at the uh, LA Convention Center, um, which is, a, it's, if you've ever been to E3, it is huge, right? Like, um, there is, uh, as you mentioned, like, LA Live is also, and, like, all the space between them is just taken over by um, everything. Uh, and, well, the ESA isn't managing everything that's happening not on the show floor, um, you know, putting on a convention is, is no small feat, right? Um, and understanding, like, the uh, power and internet needs of uh, a million video game companies uh, is maybe something that they are uniquely capable of addressing. Um, but, yeah, in, in a world that's going to be mostly digital events, I don't know, do you think there's any chance that they do, like, a digital and a physical thing with, uh, uh, like, fewer people in attendance, no, no more fans? No more uh, Patrick and Mark get in easy by <laughs> by submitting our, our show as our credentials. Yeah, I, I I wonder because like I've never gone to E3 as like a deal maker, right? I've never gone, yeah. and so I have no idea if that like is still a valuable part of what E3 is. But I I I don't know. I just I just wonder if uh, it even makes sense anymore. Like, do you need it? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean it it it, se it seems like no, right? Uh, it, even uh even in terms of the like a a space for, you know, a big announcement palooza, um like we've seen Nintendo move away from that, right? Like it's been well over a year since the last time we had a a full-blown Nintendo Direct. Um and, you know, per one of your 2021 predictions, you don't think that they're going That's to go right. back to that. Well, I also think that video games have become such a big business with such big players that like i don't know that you need an like an e3 in the same way that you did in like the year 2000 right like when sony uh does a state of play for i mean uh, smaller than that when sony is when walmart is going to have playstation 5s available to buy yeah like it's getting right it's up national news yeah, yeah it's getting it's national news so you know like if so i like these companies the industry has grown so big that it doesn't yeah it just feels like E3 is such like a quaint relic of the time and like uh the past few years we've also seen in addition to like big players drop out we've seen them try to like 
turn it a, kind of into like a fan convention. But it's been like an unhappy marriage where they're like a it's there's not enough people there who are like into the cosplay aspect of it to make that yeah. feel completely natural. And so it's it just it feels like a convention that exists because it always existed and not one that like still really has purpose. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, to, to your point about it sort of uh, gradually becoming a, a fan event, um, that market's kind of covered, you know, like there's, there's packs already and then there's all the comic cons um, and C2E2 um, at San Diego comic-con, WonderCon, uh, New York comic-con, like ev- everything and while those uh, all those comic cons are not game focused, the game companies show up mm-hmm. at those places, um, and so it is. It is kind of like, and like I, I, I don't. It really does feel like is is this necessary anymore? Um, and that's a, a question that we've been sort of softly posing uh, for years. Um, but after a, a a year that you know, twenty twenty demonstrated that no, it is not necessary. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that just carries. Uh, through forever yeah i mean i will say like as a fan and you talked about this earlier as a fan if e3 or at least like an equivalent event where it's just like one or two weeks where it's just all news like all announcements all the time like that is like so much fun it's something to look forward to and i we definitely missed it in 2020 like um jeff Keighley's summer game fest was something that came about to kind of like replace e3 and it's coming back for 2021 um the indie live expo they did two of those last year there's the next one is on june 5th at 6 p.m japan time so i guess june 4th for us so it's like a a bunch of like other things sprung up in its place but it just wasn't the same it's like summer games fest was i don't even i couldn't even tell you anything that came out of it because it was just news you know, like right. you would get yeah, an announcement it was, it was like every broad. three weeks it, or something. It, yeah, that's right. Uh, and and just from from all corners of of video game dumb. Yeah, and I I mean I think that's just sort of and especially uh, well the production pipeline is in the the shape that it's in. Um, you know, we we talked about like last year being um, like theoretically a slower year for for game releases due to COVID nineteen, but like you know we're going to start to see like the actual delays from like games getting greenlit or like early stages of stuff being worked on we're going to see that reverberate throughout 2021 and yeah. 2022 things that won't even look like delays because we will won't even know that the games have existed uh, in in whatever form they're in um like you know w- people are not back to working in person especially on something like video games which can sort of be done remotely um but so yeah i mean i i think i think until that pipeline gets uh like kind of sped up or cleared up development is going to continue to be slow uh, and there just won't be huge slates of things to announce um, which make it then harder to have events where you announce a bunch of things and there were like there were times last year where even though we didn't have e3 and maybe because we didn't have e3 like it was exciting because like every week nintendo was dropping some like crazy thing (laughs) that like we you know like nobody had we weren't anticipating at all then it was like what like but we just had a big announcement last week. How are we having one this week? And and so I think there were still like fun moments that maybe all that stuff would have been bundled up at E3. And so we wouldn't have had those announcements in October or November. But I guess like without E3 last year felt kind of like, you know, like 
instead of having Christmas, your parents were like, well, we're just going to give you one present every month for a year. And then you're yeah. like, well, I guess it like at the end it was I the equivalent, cool. but it just yeah. wasn't as fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that that's the thing, right? Like we like the pomp and circumstance. There are a few episodes of this show that I think are as easy to do or as fun to do as the uh, E3 Nintendo Direct like reaction thing where we just go blow by blow through all the announcements. That's fun. I like doing it. We don't have to prepare other than watching a thing that we were going to watch already. I I mean it's it's just it's just fun and cool. Yeah. Um and I I miss that when it's gone. Um and you know if if Nintendo can uh, one of the things that's just nice to being a Nintendo fan is that then you know when the direct is happening, <laughs> right? Whereas now there could be a direct tomorrow, right? Right. It could be happening <laughs> as know. we speak. That's right. <laughs> As we speak in your headphones right now. (laughs) On March 1st, the streaming service Crackle will premiere a five-part documentary called Playing with Power, the Nintendo Story that promises to recount the history of Nintendo. According to Deadline.com, it features interviews with Will Wheaton, Allison Hazlitt, yeah, totally, Uh, Nintendo of America co-founder Ron Judy, Atari co-founder Nolan Bushnell, former Sega of America CEO Tom Kalinske, former Nintendo CEO Reggie fils and head of Xbox Bill Spencer. It's written and directed by Jeremy Sneed and executive produced and narrated by Samwise Gamgee, Sean Austin. Aston, right? Aston, of course, yes. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, kind of cool. Um, we d- Did you end up watching that uh, documentary series that was on netflix no i I heard it wasn't that good no it's it's fine it's fine okay okay (laughs) um i mean no it's i mean you're right that it is not that good but it is (laughs) it is entertaining and and fun to get like um you know stories uh sort of behind the scenes of uh, some of these games some stories that you know some that you don't um there's a lot of uh nolan bushnell in in that one too so i I think it's uh, just interesting that he's like he's ready to relive his glory days <laughs> talking about like Atari and Chuck E. Cheese and stuff. Um uh, I, do you do you think is this something that you're gonna check out? Or? I don't know. I am skeptical of its quality because it's premiering on Crackle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't Crackle I've, is mostly I, anime, right? I have uh, genuinely I do not know. I don't know that I've ever watched anything on Crackle. Yeah. I know that I have not. So it could be. I, I don't know what it offers. Apparently, it offers five-part video game documentaries. Maybe we'll have to check this out, if for nothing else, to figure out what Crackle is. Did you know that Crackle used to be owned by Sony, but now it is owned by the Chicken Soup for the Soul like entertainment company or whatever? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty wild. I mean, I, I like that they got uh, that they got Reggie. Like, that's... That's interesting. I'll, I'll listen to that guy talk. I lo- look. I love Reggie. Uh, he, he. It seems like he's like everywhere now. Like he like left. He, he left Nintendo, and he's like GameStop. Yeah, like I'll collect that. Ga- I'll be on their board. Sure, collect that paycheck. You know, like uh. So it, I love Reggie. It'll be fun to see him in this if I watch it. But uh, it doesn't feel like that much of a coup. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. That that he's he's handed out a lot of yeses is that what you're saying <laughs> i say maybe we should take our shot is what i'm saying okay let's do it uh back in 2015 there was a report in the wall street journal that nintendo and netflix were teaming up for a live action series 
based on The Legend of Zelda. Um, nothing ever came of that report, and apparently it's because Nintendo canceled the project after it was leaked to the Wall Street Journal. We know this, or think this, because comedian Adam Conover shared this anecdote on the Surf Times podcast. He said, quote, I worked at College Humor, and we had a secret project where we were going to make a claymation version of Star Fox with Nintendo. I know this because Shigeru Miyamoto came to our office, and I remember that because I asked my boss if I could be in the office that day because it was the weekend, because I just wanted to watch Shigeru Miyamoto walk by. Uh, sidebar, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, definitely get there. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter why you would or would not be there. Be there. Yep. Um, back to what Adam was saying. Uh, he told me no, and I'm still mad at him. Then, a month later, suddenly there were reports Netflix wasn't going to do its Legend of Zelda anymore. I was like, what happened? And then I heard from my boss, we weren't doing our Star Fox anymore. I was like, what happened? He was like, someone at Netflix leaked the Legend of Zelda thing. They weren't supposed to talk about it. Nintendo freaked out, and they pulled the plug on everything, the entire program, to adapt these things. Uh, interesting. Not corroborated by anyone other than um, uh, Mr. Adam Ruins Everything, uh, Adam Conover. Um, I have no reason to suspect that he's lying here. Um, but it also doesn't totally sound like he's got the full picture. Oh, right? for sure, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> if if they were doing a Star Fox, a claymation Star Fox thing at College Humor, that means that they were doing like a two minute video, right? Um, maybe a small series of them, but like it wasn't going to be a a big full blown thing. It sort of seems weird to me that Shigeru Miyamoto would have gone to College Humor, <laughs> right? Like that that feels weird to me. Yeah, I d- it it. I do wonder if they were going for some like robot chicken type thing. I like the this idea. I like this idea of like mm-hmm. a um stop motion animated uh Star Fox thing. You know, in my mind just thinking of the Super Nintendo box art yes. where they have those little marionettes. Um I also like I totally believe that as part of the IP expansion that Nintendo has been undergoing where they are looking and for partners to help like expand the reach of their IP that they're like would absolutely be interested in something like this. Um, but, and I uh, totally believe that like, as soon as it leaked, Nintendo was like, Nope, like this is dead and you are dead to us. And we will not talk to you ever again. <laughs> Which means that other series could be in development at other development houses, uh, at other production companies. And we won't know about it because <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo demonstrated that they're not afraid to walk. Yeah, I do wonder how far along like the Legend of Zelda was, like if it was just like an agreement to hear pitches, you know, like um, yeah, I that feels like a daunting task to try to uh, come up with a narrative like series based on the Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I'm kind of glad that like Netflix didn't end up uh, getting to take a swing at it. Totally, um, just because I, I feel like the the curve of like net Netflix quality. Um, especially if it's something like that, where it's like, it's the Legend of Zelda name. It doesn't have to be anything. It, yeah. can, just, it can just exist and uh, people will watch it. Um, you know, th- there are obviously great things that come out of Netflix, but my default assumption is like, this is going to be middling. Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I-, I would imagine that Nintendo would be heavily involved. And so hopefully it would be interesting, if nothing else. But um, yeah, I just, I'm just having, I, I just struggle to see like the let I see it more as like an animated series. Like I just really struggle to see like yeah. how you would be able to capture like the whimsy of it 
in I'm just kind of imagining like not that it's a bad movie, but like um it coming across like uh uh the labyrinth or something. Yeah, totally. And uh, I mean, like I told I, my reference point was going to be the last unicorn, right? Like mm-hmm. that there, it's all um, and all of that still is like not quite right. Right. Like I, I don't really want to see a human actor playing. Link. Th- yes, like, exactly. That's, that's just like, wrong. Totally. And then you're like, OK, well, you know, is it going to be serious? Like, are you trying to go for a tone like I mean, not like as extreme of Game of Thrones, but like something like that. And it's like that doesn't feel right either. Like that just feels like a tough nut to crack yeah so i mean it's it's also possible that like nintendo didn't like what they were seeing coming out of netflix and pulled the plug there and you know at, at the same time we're like and and we're not gonna do the star fox thing either like it, it there, there are so many layers here of, totally like uh you know adam wasn't even allowed in the office the day that shigeru miyamoto <laughs> was uh presumably there so like you know um maybe he didn't maybe he wasn't uh fully clued in on on everything Plus, he's so busy ruining everything. (laughs) That is a project that, like, of those two, it's like, yes, like, give me this, like, this Star Fox series. Yes. That sounds like, like, Star Fox feels like something that could absolutely be a, like, Saturday morning cartoon type thing. Yeah, you've already got characters that won't shut up. Like, (laughs) put them in a cartoon. Uh, Finally, speaking of things that Nintendo canceled, uh, and that I feel like we will never get the full story on why. There was evidently a, a remaster of GoldenEye 007, um, the N64 game, a remaster of that developed for Xbox 360 that was canceled in the final stages of bug fixes. This is crazy to me. This one is absolutely, like, I, I don't, especially considering there was a, like, I was, what, what did they call it? The, the GoldenEye game that came out on Wii. Yeah, by Activision. Just a couple years later. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't remember what but yeah it definitely felt like in this time period there was a lot going on with the like the golden eye license or uh there were lots of ideas for it yeah so developers ross burry and mark edmonds talked to ars technica about development and cancellation they said that they were down to 90 bugs left to fix in qa testing when word came down from nintendo that they were putting the kibosh on it uh burry says quote when it was put to nintendo everyone there approved it except they didn't check with the one guy who mattered i believe i was told his response went along the lines of uh quote there is no way a nintendo game is coming out on a microsoft console end quote and as as with uh the adam conover stuff like no one has verified that this is actually what why nintendo said anything or i mean him saying that uh they ran it they everyone approved it except the one guy who mattered doesn't even name check the one guy who mattered. Um, so like, there's a lot of like fuzziness here, um, but it is crazy that they were like done with the game. Yeah. That is totally crazy. Also just, we just more evidence that we got to get Reggie on this show so we can really put his feet to the fire about this golden eye 007 thing. Yeah. He'd know all the details. <laughs> uh, they said the development started in quote late 2006 or early 2007. And it doesn't look like there's any clarity on when exactly it was canceled. Um, but a version of this remake leaked online earlier this month. Apparently, it's not the most recent version that they had in development. But uh, I think you can see, like, basically a complete playthrough online. Yeah. Weird. I mean, it, it's it's a weird, like, alternate reality. Um, and GoldenEye is such a, like, the original GoldenEye on uh, Nintendo 64 is such a weird specific relic of its time. Um, you know, running at like a 
tr- truly abysmal frame rate um and you know just looking like an early nintendo 64 game controlling like a shooter has never controlled before or since um and uh, yeah it's it's just it i mean just on, on on top of it being like a relic of its time uh as far as a game is concerned it being like this in weird licensing limbo that it's you know part of like the the Aeon company that makes the uh, the James Bond movies that it was developed by Rare a company owned by Nintendo at the time but is now owned by Microsoft like the providence and like uh who owns any version of these games like it's just one of those things that's like locked away behind a weird vault um and uh making preservation or revisiting and remastering almost impossible it's amazing they got this far into uh doing it yeah and it it also makes you wonder like uh just the business side of it like do you how do you get the uh uh like 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 whose likenesses do you use like are you using yeah i mean not that the n64 characters really looked like anybody but you had the like it was like a magic eye like you you had the hint that that was sean bean in there yeah well and like you know you they 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 used a like digitized still of mm-hmm. pierce brosnan you know for like mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the the title splash like so so you saw you saw the actors a a little bit but yeah by 2006 2007 2008 like are you using um daniel craig daniel craig th- or think, what are you doing it, i think that's what they did for the uh the activision wii version because activision had the james bond license at the time of like uh quantum of solace and all that right well and they were like didn't they also have like missions from other james bond games i think that's right i i never played it you know i they really should just i mean i know that um the hitman developer uh io io right i think Mm -hmm. um that that they are developing a a new james bond game um and like that'll be cool and like i'm excited to see what they do but uh, like honestly i i wish that they would just like work out a solid um like third party action stealth uh like gameplay system and then just do uh you know the best scenes from like all the James Bond that movies would be really and cool. also let me pick which James Bond I want to control if I yeah. want to be George Lazenby in Quantum of Solace like let that me That would be awesome. Oh, they should totally do that. Kind of like uh like yeah. Uh Smash Brothers Ultimate but for like James Bond <laughs> Where it's just like, yeah, yes. give me the entire roster. Let me play whatever James Bond I want in whatever yes. mission. Oh, that that's such a good idea, Patrick. That's It'd be so, so good. cool. We're also, cursed to live in a universe cheat- where that'll never I happen. Know, where we have no power. Also, let the, let there be a cheat code so I can play one of the missions as Austin Powers. Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, you could share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. That would help us out a lot. Remember that on Thursday, we will not be talking about Nintendo at all. Mark, does this feel weird and dangerous to you? We, we shouldn't dwell on it. We just have to, like, we're, we're <laughs> we committed. Just we just got to do it. Any last-second uh, suggestions for 433 topics, you can email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Or you can tweet at uh, either uh, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers, Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We will take suggestions there as well. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers inviting Reggie fils onto this show. 
to not talk about Nintendo. We should have him on on Thursday. <laughs> Saying thank you for listening. My name is Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.